Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Oh, the meeting of the Liberal County Board of Commissioners to order. It's good to see everyone. Hello to those of you who are out there on Facebook, where we're being live streamed. Uh, good to have you. Thank you. I, I get feedback uh, from the audience a lot of times that folk who I didn't know watching the meetings are watching. So we're happy to have that audience. Uh, I hope to maintain that audience even, even when this whole COVID thing goes away in law. We pray it'll go away. There we go. But good to have everybody present. We do know that. Commissioner Jones over here uh, has to be excused because of work uh, issues. And uh, Commissioner Frazier is en route. Uh, so uh, Ms. Patty Leon's in the audience today. Good to see you. She's been in and out of the community and good to have her. Today she told me she would kind of peep in for a little while. So happy to have you today. And we are praying for your mother just as well. As well. This time we ask Mr. Mosley if he would come lead us in our invocation and our Pledge of Allegiance. Please stand for that, please. Let us pray. Gracious and most benevolent Father, we come before your divine presence to thank you for this beautiful day and for this weather, Father God. We thank you for the relief from this COVID-19, and we continue to pray, Father God, for those who are going through. We ask, Father God, for divine insight for this deliberative body as they discuss the business of this community. We pray that you be with them and strengthen them, Father God. And we pray for those, Father God, in our community who are suffering, and we pray, Father God, for those who open up their energy and efforts to improve the plight of those in need. This we thank you for in the precious, pointed, and powerful name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. 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 I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, liberty and justice for all. I don't hear Commissioner Gillett saying that, so I guess we're getting better. I did ask you was the meeting properly advertised? It was, sir. Uh, I think there are evidences. <laughs> Thank, you, sir. Thank you, sir. All right, we're going to move right along. Uh, uh, what I'm thinking about, thank you all, too, for prayers for my mom, who's been a little ill, too, but she's, she's recovering. So thank you all for your prayers and concern for her and others who are uh, recovering. Chairman, did you want to amend the agenda? I do, sir. Thank you for a quick reminder of how mine was kind of traveling to it for a minute. Uh, there's one item we need to add to, to the agenda that's committee appointment. So we want to make that, if you will, please, item 5F. So the chair asked for a motion to amend the agenda to make item F committee appointments. So move, Mr. Chair. Second. Any discussion? All in favor, raise your right hand, please. Our, the agenda is amended as voted on. Thank you so much for that. All righty. Mr. Long, Mr. thank you. Mr. Chair, before you go any further, I'm being accused of taking roads that is already paved again. You, you, you're not being accused. I was congratulating you. <laughs> Y'all already had it? <laughs> I was congratulating you, my friend. <laughs> There's more to that story, I know. Uh, it's a long jump in before they get too far off course here. <laughs> All right, you ready for me? Yes, so, sir. Um, I'm going to, uh, everybody should have a copy of my report. I want to just kind of hit a few highlights. I'm not going to try to read every one of them again. Um, one thing that I have not briefed you guys on before is the impaired waters plan that we have that's part of our MPDES permit. Um, basically, it's on Peacock Canal, the portion that's really Alligator Creek. Um, there's a, a section that has uh, impaired waters. It's on the state impaired waters plan. Have two locations every quarter. We've got to monitor the quality of the water in that area. 
So this is the first year we've started having to do annual reports. So you'll be seeing that come up a little bit more and more. Um, on the Islands Highway box covert, there's some movement on that. I think we're almost to a point where we should be uh, getting close to having that grant awarded or some movement in that area. So I want us to be on the lookout here shortly for something to happen as far as uh, that goes. Um, Mr. Chair, yes, sir. Mm -hmm. uh, to you and Mr. Brown and Mr. Long, just got a question. You know, we heard Commissioner Wallen, we have talked about the Islands Highway. With this infrastructure bill that was signed the other day, is there a possibility that Liberty County could look at that's a long road to see what we can come out with for Islands Highway. I know we got other roads also, but we're looking at those differently. But Islands Highway, you know, used to be a state road. Mm -hmm. Now it, it converted back over to the county. But like Commissioner Warren has said in the past, it's, it's a narrow road, two lane. Anything happens down there, you pretty well it's one blocked in. It's the main artery for pretty good sized population. And I guess what I'm what I'm asking, see if we can keep an eye on this infrastructure bill to see if we can come up with, you know, anything out of it to improve that road. Mm -hmm. I'd glad to. We haven't got any specifics on it yet. We'll start digging though. Yeah. Yes sir will be. Uh, well just let me just chime in then. Two things. That's one I would ask. How do we get in line to make sure that when those funds are dispersed, that we're ready uh, to go? Secondly, ironically, you mentioned that road today. I, uh, where's Ms. Mosley? The, the, the y'all students, <laughs> a few of them there were from the coast, and they said, can you do anything about our road? And I thought about you. <laughs> so, so it's very timely that you're talking about Island Highway. Yeah. They said, uh, our road needs some improvement. Needs improvement. So we certainly take all that into consideration. I'm sorry. That's not quite all right. Mr. Chairman, you know, we had a town hall meeting some years back, and um, our congressman was there, and that was brought up uh, a couple of times. It's, you said it's a main artery. It's the only artery. Only artery. Okay? I mean, there's no other way to put it. Even with the box covered out that's going to go in there, that's going to, uh, that work is going to have to be planned to where uh, the 5 o'clock traffic and the 8 o'clock traffic going back in two is um, it's going to be impacted. So I know the box culvert's a big deal, but it it would surely we ought to have been able to get some help from mm -hmm. the federal government because of that being a hurricane evacuation route. I mean, if they'll do it in Tybee, then they ought to do it in Liberty County. They want our boat ramp to put the the uh, sailboats on, and I don't have a problem with a boat, but I'm just saying that we need to get a little consideration. We'll continue to be the squeaky wheel. Uh, and, and I remind you before you, and, uh, before Mr. Long goes on, uh, it looks like we will have some uh, extra funds in our SPLOS account. Certainly, I would much rather use someone else's dollar, no doubt about that, so I concur with that. And then also from our T-SPLOS fund, you know, if, we, if that's the commission decision, we can certainly address some of those funds to help with some of those roads that were not as high on the radar but may require our attention. So those things are at our disposal, but sort of talking to uh, okay. our representatives and our congressmen about that, and 
once again, we want to be first in line when they start giving out funds for right. So just help us with that if we will too, Mr. Long. Thank you. Yes, sir. I'll be sure. okay. glad to do that. All right. um, Beck Street, Off Street, those are pretty much done. Um, when, you know, we've done final inspection with them. Uh, pay requests should be coming out and uh, finishing that up this month. Um, Palm Drive and, and uh, South Drive. Excuse me. And that, um, Becky and Olive, and it was, um, what was the other street off of Olive? It was Cherrydale and um, Stafford. What? Yes, Cherrydale and Stafford. Yeah, Those okay. are two intersections. Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. It's just a, uh, it gets kind of long when putting <coughs> yeah. all the intersections. <laughs> so, um, the Palm Drive and the Point South Drive, the contractor is still in this contract period. Uh, it's not going to take that long to fix it, but he hasn't come to the site, and we are uh, talking to him regularly about making sure that site gets finished or they get on it and that they uh, get completed before their construction end date because um, it's going to be hard at this point to give them extensions. The Recreation Department ADA accessibility, um, <coughs> he's doing really good. He is a little over his contract period, but we did have some uh, material delivery delays with some pipes and flared in sections. Um, and he had a pretty significant number of uh, rain days during this period. So, you know, we've given him the rain days and some of his delays. So he's not uh, completely out of time, but he is uh, nearly finished <coughs> with that. Um, Liberty County Transfer Station. Um, this is something I, I need to kind of point out, and something happened today. Um, we've, the, I don't know if anybody's been on the tipping floor. Um, but when you go up there, they dump the trash on the floor and then they push it over into the tops of the trucks. And as you push it off the tops of the trucks, there are these steel chutes that act like a funnel to make it go down into the truck. Well, those chutes are failing and falling apart. And uh, we did a set of plans and one side right now is, has failed completely. So we're down to one side of operation. Um, so we had a you know, quick emergency trying to get uh, bids on this project. Uh, we did sell about three sets of plans. Talked to the guy that uh, did the repairs last time. He was not interested in coming to, to do the whole rebuild that we've got. And uh, had several people thought were interested, but nobody showed up today to put in a bid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, and everybody citing the delays in the delivery of steel. So we're doing some investigation trying to see if we can't find some more uh, people that are interested in doing that work for us to get that going. I talked to Clinton about it this afternoon and he's also trying to help look to figure out a way to get somebody to help us do that work. And so can we still function? He's functioning right now. Yeah. So it's just not at 100%. Okay. Now, should that have been a maintenance item for us? Well, he's yeah. been maintaining it. Yeah over the years, and actually he uh, got somebody to come down and try to give him a quote mm -hmm. a couple months, well, about a month or so ago, and um, it was uh, well more than $100,000. Mm. So it kind of put it into a bidding process, and that was before it failed. And since we started going the bidding process is- Getting the other, okay. So, All right, keep us posted. Yes, sir. I certainly will, but y'all just need to know that was going on. Yeah. Um, the last thing I want to talk about tonight, and this was actually on the front sheet of my report, and uh, it's the last 16 pages or 15 pages of the uh, monthly report I sent to you. 
um, is the post-construction ordinance. So need to have a little lesson about what post-construction is for terms of our stormwater MPDES permit as far as this ordinance is concerned. Um, your common sense is going to say post-construction is when you go out, it's the pipe you put in the ground, it's the catch basin you put in, it's the, the drainage swell you put in. It's not. What post-construction is in terms of stormwater management is your stormwater pond. So if you, in your mind, take the word pond, every time you see post-construction, <coughs> the word pond, and that's what this is talking about. It's kind of a harder concept, and it's, it's, it's took me a while to, to grasp it, because when we first started this program, we were in it five years, <coughs> and I was doing the same thing. I was, when we were reporting for post-construction activities, I was reporting all the pipes, all the catch basins, and everything that you would normally think is post-construction. And finally, when one of the girls came down for an audit, she said, no, this means pond. And it just takes a while. So everything that's included in this ordinance, we've been doing for years. But EPD wants us to, and some of this post-construction ordinance information is already in our drainage ordinance and our road control ordinance. But they want it to be standalone. So what we did is we pulled it out, made it standalone, used their models, and um, basically tweaked it so that it matches how we're functioning now. The only thing that we're not functioning really well with that this helps with is uh, stormwater management agreements. When somebody does a commercial facility in our urbanized area, they're supposed to be signing a stormwater maintenance agreement. They do it in the city of Hinesville, Flemington, all over already. Same agreement that they're signing in all these <coughs> cities, they just need to sign that for Liberty County as well. And what that agreement says is that the person building this stormwater pond post-construction facility is going to maintain that facility and that the county has a right to inspect it and compel them to clean it and maintain and do what they need to do. Now, we already have in place things we're already doing. There is an enforcement response plan of the steps we go through in case somebody fails to manage their stormwater pond. We are, it's, it's a, a list and we have certain steps we go through. It's a whole chart, it takes up a big old piece of paper, but it's what we do already. So there's nothing really new in this over what we're doing, it's just separate. So I need to take action on it as soon as I can. Um, but I wanted to bring it to you tonight <coughs> so you had a chance to look at it. If you wanted to read it and ask me any questions, please do so. Okay. Um, because you know, I, there are a lot of things in it that you, know, you may say, what does this mean? Because sometimes it is hard to understand, but I want to make sure that I answer your questions 
and make sure that you're comfortable with this. I'm not saying, hey, I want you to adopt this ordinance tonight, but I do need you to look at it and we do need to take the steps to adopt this so that we stay in compliance with our stormwater NPDES permit. I, I do have one question, Mr. Chairman. Mm -hmm. Trent, on, on, when, when you were saying like the, the maintenance and uh, inspections, let's say in the unincorporated area, because as you just said, the cities already have their own. Yes. Okay. But in the unincorporated area, let's say someone builds a development um, in the county. Yes, sir. And um, then the inspections and the maintenance and everything, would that fall on a, a homeowners association? And, yes. And, and we know how. You know, they, they, <laughs> they, yes, sir. They, they're good for the first 29 days, and then after that, you know, good as long as the developer still no homeowners association. But but so that that's who would be responsible. For Yes, sir. For the upkeep, and we would do the inspections. Yes, sir. That's right. Yeah, we're not we're not trying to bring any more maintenance responsibility on the county. On the county, yeah. We, right. we want to keep as much off of the county as we can. But we we would inspect it, and if yes. it's something that need to be brought up to. And for all, we're we're actually already inspecting most of these that are in the urbanized area. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. You know, what we do right now is we kind of limit this activity to the urbanized area of Liberty County. So it, it only hit, it doesn't hit like all the way out of Colonel's Island. But this will make it apply to the entire county, which is what EPD wants us to do. But there's not a lot of facilities that we have to inspect and maintain. It's, it's not a daunting <coughs> task. But I mean, we are building some subdivisions in the unincorporated area of the county, Bill Carter Road. Um, mm -hmm. White, yes, sir. And if they they fall into this, and and if there's a homeowners association, which is again, I said, I exaggerated when I said the first 29 days. I mean, for a few years. That's a long and, time. And then and then after that, they just you know there's no one there. That's right. you, you know you there's no one you can call in. The pond is just there, and it's got to function. It's got to be inspected. It's got to be maintained. But if the homeowners association is disappears then it's hard yes mm -hmm. that is that is a real problem but, but we don't we don't like you said we don't want it to fall on Clinton and his guys either so That's, we don't I don't know how we could mm -mm. it does it, it, it becomes that, a real issue that, that doesn't happen right yeah we with that I, I noticed there was a little narrative you had in there about discharging into Pomona Lake and that's uh, going to be I mean that's a private Yes. It's a property. Yes, we have several discharges that discharge our public water into Pomona. Well, then if you have a subdivision that's built down there, Trent, what do you do with that's That causes an issue. That's kind of like, you know, we had discussed this sometime last year with regard to the growth in the Flemington area in the Hines Estate. When it rains now, the Goshen connects. Canal is, I mean, it's muddy, and that's because it's coming out of those retention ponds. But, I mean, who are we going to have to police it besides NPD? I mean, if there's how many engineers you got here? You got three, two counting without you, and then there's three engineers. So who are we going to get to go in there and make sure that that guy's doing the right thing? Will that fall on the county engineer? Or will that fall on, do we need to have somebody that's gonna, 
see from the outside and part of this is right and part of this is wrong. I mean, you know, in politics, there's people that want to try to get by with a little bit. And, uh, Life. More and more, yeah. And that's why I'm saying you've got some of the subdivisions, and to be real honest with you, and I've known you a long time, I don't believe you'd want to be policing yourself. And that's, yeah. that's what we want to try to do here. Uh, negotiating is going to be an issue, and you know that. I mean, you, the retention farms that's back there now, I mean, they're, when it rains two inches, they're full. Um, and that's going to be in a municipality from what I'm understanding. So? The new subdivision back on the opposite side of Gravel Hill, behind the old Bruton Parker. Oh, no, that's that's city of Flemington. Okay, but who's going to? So uh, I'm trying to tell you how it all works and, and who is responsible for inspections and saying some of that. So in the city of Flemington, the LCPC is the one that does those inspections. The LCPC also does the post-construction pond inspections uh, for the annual uh, insurance to make sure that it works. Now, in the <coughs> incorporated Liberty County, Paul Zeckman has the main inspection and enforcement responsibilities for development. When he needs help, he calls me and I go help him. Now, one thing that we do as part of the stormwater maintenance program, we do inspect the post-construction ponds and we inspect all our pipes and we do the inspections that are associated with the stormwater management program to make sure that we're all in compliance. So. But we don't, what I don't do is, you know, I had a few subdivisions like Habersham that I started um, before we took back over. Uh, that would be my responsibility to manage those that we're finishing out, but we don't have any new subdivisions that we are um, in that position for. So that should not occur as time goes along, except for, you know, what we got in Flemington, the LCPC is the inspector for. So what I, what I try not to do is I try not to put myself in this position where I'm inspecting myself. Well, that's, that's not good for either one of us. No, the, the, the one issue that we're seeing, um, the excess rainfall coming under 84, and that's impacting that big time. So, you know, you've got to have the retention upstream and if you don't, then you know, we're, we're the ones that's going to get. Yes, sir. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, there, there are several things that I think as a county we could do better, not necessarily just me, but, you know, also developers and home builders as far as managing our erosion control uh, because that does become a problem. You know, as you're going, a lot of times as you're going through the construction process and you're getting the infrastructure built, we've got a lot of mechanisms in place where that part of it, the erosion control does okay, but once it gets a little further where they're building homes and there's decentralized control on it, you know, then the subs really do a lot of tracking and damage to the stormwater and gets, a lot of stuff gets rented off, starts running off, and that does become an issue for us. So, yes, sir, we, you know, that's, 
Uh, erosion control is a battle. It's a real battle. Oh, yeah, and I remember having to deal with it when I was a job. I mean, everybody had to have a green card, a blue card, a red card. You feel like you're playing dominoes sometimes. But you're right. I do, I do uh, just want to make sure and let it be noted in the record that we, I don't know that it's a great idea for us, and you've already agreed for us to police ourselves and stuff like that right there. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's, yeah. let's do what we can because uh, all we got to do is build something upstream that blows out 84 and they're going to say hey guys when it comes over the highway that's when you you know and, you know I, I was there with the DOT looking at a project there for Commissioner Stevens on Tyson Road and the guy was standing there and the, there was this much dirt in the culverts and he said well you know as long as you've got part of them opened up that's fine well, then you ought to build it half that big if it was part of it to be opened up. So, but anyhow, that's my two cents, Mr. Chairman. All right, sir. Yeah, thank you, sir. And the water. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Long, uh, no, Yeoman Road is complete, right? Yes, sir. They still have, I mean, they're pretty much, they've got it substantially complete. We haven't turned them loose because we still have some erosion and we still have some grass that needs to get going. And... We've got them coming back and forth. How about the dirt in the box cover? Did they get most of it out? Yes, sir. They got, I don't, I haven't been back to look at the dirt in the box cover, but not, a, there's not a box cover, but in the catch basins, they got to get those cleaned. Okay. Um, Bill Carter Road, we are on. Yes, sir. Um, I pretty much finished the plans uh, yesterday. So I hope to have it in the paper the first part of probably the Wednesday after Thanksgiving I'll have it in the paper. Uh, okay, question. Bill Cotter Road is a clay based like a clay I call it a clay based road. Is it how much more th what's gonna be the, the depth of it now with that clay based road? Yes. Is it gonna be different from a rock based road thicker? It'll be we're gonna do it very similar to what we did Barrington Ferry Road. Except I'm not going to strip the top of the asphalt off of it. Basically, what they'll do is to envision this, they'll come out with a cement truck, so we'll have to kind of close it down or lanes of it during the day um, when they're doing this. They, they bring the, the dry cement, like you see, that's just really powdery. Right. And they'll put a layer of cement on the road that's going to be about two inches thick. Okay. And they have a machine that comes through, and it just grinds it in. Overrises it. And then right behind it, they're mixing it and compacting it, and then that concrete sets up into a more or less a soil cement base. Okay. Um, and it becomes very hard. Um, you know, it gives you the same structural strength that the granite that we put under the road does. And then we'll come back with three and a half inches of asphalt on top of that. So we're looking at about five to six inches. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, now, that soil cement is eight inches thick. Eight inches. So, by the time we're said and done. Off the road, is that? <laughs> yeah, now, it's, it's not like, it's not all eight inches up. It's going to be down. It's all down. Yeah, it's all just mixed into okay. the ground, and this, okay. yeah, it doesn't change the elevation very much at all. Okay. Now, just for the record, you... We won't dispel it, just a little bit. Of, you have made some progress with the water at the Trade Hill area. Yes. 
Yes, sir. I had a good meeting with uh, one of the property owners today. Um, got to get some uh, um, appraisals done for an easement, and uh, hopefully we are on our way to having that resolved. Okay. The subdivision list that I requested. Yes, sir. Who has it? I do. Can I get it? Uh, have you? Yes, sir. I, I think what we'll do is is I'll made a note of that. If you just go ahead and submit that out to the commission. I'm glad it'll be fine. Just okay. send it out from under. I'll go send it out here in just a few minutes. Okay. All right. Sorry. Mr. Chairman, I had a question. Mm -hmm. The Gun Branch Convenience Center? Yes, ma'am. Where's that? I, it is, I have not put it in the paper yet. I had a couple of grades I needed to change. So I've changed those this week. So I'm hoping to have that in the paper uh, Wednesday or either very, very shortly. Okay. I'm like 95% done. I just needed to, some didn't work right. So I had to go back and make sure I had it working right. Okay. All right. Thank you. One thing I don't like is to get out on the job site and a contractor find something that's not working. No, we don't. Then it costs us all. All right, real, real quickly, a couple of the projects he's working on too is, and they involve grading, is for the EMS station uh, down at the um, development park in Midway. And so uh, his crew's staking that so that Clint can go ahead in there, cut down, take out the vegetation he's got to take out and go back in with the fill because our project's going to be bidding in December. So we want to get that done and get the fill started. And the other is, uh, is doing some staking and surveying for the potential health department site. Uh, up here on uh, Martin Luther King. So a couple other, couple other projects I've got him working on that are associated with your capital projects. And I think, um, I hadn't checked with the crews today, but they're supposed to finish the health department site today. And it's on schedule to state the clearing tomorrow. Good deal. All right. I, I got one thing I'd like to add. Put it on your list. And Joey, you can help him because you won't be having to walk that far. You can meet him halfway, but let's look at this parking lot that we've got out here. Um, I, I can see some issues uh, in and out, handicapped parking that may be over here and, and lighting and restriping or whatever. Really mostly talking about this side over here? Huh? Talking about this, this parking on this side? I, I've prefer you look at all of it. Okay. You can. And yeah. We can. And I, just as a quick snapshot, you may remember we had to pull back a couple of projects that were already designed that allowed for flows in and flows out over there. He's got We can definitely do that. <sighs> look at that get, lot yesterday. Get Miss Michelle back there. She may have a little, may want to put a bug. <laughs> Definitely will. She has an impossible task, doesn't she? <laughs> all right. That's it, Mr. Chairman. All right. Thank you, Mr. Long. Thank you all very I much. Let the dust settle. Let the dust settle. Thank you, sir. All right. You know, government support agreement, Mr. Mobley is coming. Uh, good to see him. Um, since you've seen him last, his position has changed, and I don't want to butcher it. I, if I if I have it right, just correct me, please, sir. If the whole world's looking. The assistant garrison commander for Hunter Army Airfield. Close enough, sir. Close enough. Close enough, Chairman. So yeah. de deputy to the garrison deputy commander. Deputy to the garrison commander. Okay. So very very close. Proud of you, sir. Yeah. Well, I appreciate proud of you, it. Sir. I appreciate proud it. Of you too, proud of you.
appreciate Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. And Colonel Ramirez sends his regards. So yes, said, thank you for the invite. Yes, sir. So you for being here. Um, mm -hmm. With that said, so I just want to talk to you all a little bit just about intergovernmental support agreements. And so one of the things we've been championing here uh, across the Installation Management Command, which is the command that manages all of the uh, the basically the city county management of our army installations is intergovernmental support agreements where we essentially look for municipalities uh, state agencies to become our partners in work so uh, in, in simplest of terms it's taking a contract that we currently have or we have we've used in the past or a bona fide need and we've actually gone out to our partners and asked them hey would would you like to partner in us you becoming our provider for that particular service area so these are these are 10-year agreements or they can go up to 10 years uh, this is in the national defense authorization act and we've we started these a couple years ago right now we've uh, and we have one with the county already we're doing our post and pre-trial confinement and that was something that was already in place we did a simple conversion over um, but right now we're asking the county to take a look at some of our rural uh, areas so we, we do design work out in our, uh, in our training ranges. So for essentially we're looking at the possibility of the county considering doing, uh, being compensated for the service, but basically doing our, our design work for our, our uh, basically our navigation in our training area. So our, our low water crossings for the primary thing. So, so these design works currently, we, do, we go through a contracting mechanism that is quite uh, cumbersome to the employees on the installation. It's also um, possibly we're, we're finding cost savings and in, in going out to the counties and the, the cities. Uh, we've actually been able to keep approximately almost $29 million locally with these, with these counties and municipalities. Um, so right now we're going out to the county, though, for this particular one we're asking Liberty County to look at uh, because we'd like to essentially become a partner and provide that design, ask for the design work to come from the county with a compensated, uh, a negotiated compensation package uh, that essentially takes our requirements. The county gives us a number. Obviously, the county makes a little money on this deal as well. So it becomes a revenue stream for the county. But again, it's, it's subject to the availability of funds. But like I say, that's what makes it wonderful with a 10-year agreement. We can go into this thing from the, from the beginning. And these requirements that we have for these particular projects are about two to three years out in a out in the long run so we kind of know what we got coming and we started go ahead and planning now for the future um, but we like I say we, we're trying to focus on liberty county with this one just because we we know that it is uh we've already got one agreement in place but these are just type of things that we're already discussing here in these meetings and so on the installation we'd like to become better partners and and why is this important for the community as we talk about keeping um the economy driven by a lot of like by the installation being one of our primary drivers in the state, um, we, we want to, the National Defense Authorization Act, some of the proposals is, is how do they determine where their stationing actions are taking place with units coming to the installation. Part of that consideration in the future is how well are you partnering with your local governments? And so right now we've got uh, six agreements in place with five different government entities. And so this, it has been proven to be successful. It is new, so it's, all, it's one of those things when you start cross-talking, a lot of folks do not have it. Um, it was actually championed out in Monterey in California when they took over all of their operations and maintenance. That kind of started the program, and they said, hey, why can't we do this somewhere else? And so it it's finally was adopted. 
across the board, and here we are today, um, setting the pace for most of the installation management command. So we're running at the top of those number of uh, agreements in place, and we're steady pushing all the time. And so it becomes a business uh, on our side of the house, whereas uh, we may ask, you know, Liberty County, we may go to Bryan, we may go to Chatham. And that's why I said we have five different, uh, five separate agencies that we're doing business with right now with six six agreements total, but with five different partners, including, like say, Liberty's one of them. So um, we're, we're looking, like say, for the county to consider uh, entering negotiations to essentially us providing the statement of work, county deciding whether, hey, this is something we possibly want to pursue, and then negotiating, hey, what would that actually cost us and we negotiate a price. And instead of sending our money to, you know, wherever it may be, all that money stays local. So the, the services that, that will be provided, they can either be existing with the county or they can be uh, picked up in a, a different process, however the county determines. That's, that's obviously up to the county on how they determine where that work goes towards. But uh, this is something we'd like to, for the county to consider. And uh, again, keep money local keep a partnership agreement uh, moving forward as we try and look at making Fort Stewart and Hunt Army Airfield basically the uh, the Army's home. So, subject right. to your questions. Right, Mr. Mr. Brown, what's, what's your first take on this uh, request? I know the city of Hinesville, you guys provide the, the grounds maintenance uh, at, Fort, at Fort Stewart and Hunt. Yeah. And Hunter. I think Long County provides animal control, am I right? They do, sir. So they provide animal control, and uh, and actually the new animal control facility you see on 84 is a direct result of the partnership. Really? Yes, sir. Did the Army participate in the building of that, or just the, the funds that come as a result of them providing that service? Paid the funds, sir. Yes, sir. Well, yeah, we did not. We do not get into the construction aspect. It must have been a pretty part. good contract. <laughs> yeah. All right. So on analysis, it's basically the engineering services that are related to that land management rehab program. Again, as Travis mentioned, for the range, any kind of um, um, surface work, basically civil work that needs to be done on the range complexes or more commonly the, the low water crossings. Uh, those on an average uh, run two to three projects a year. Um, they're not real complex projects. So uh, there's not an inordinate amount of time that's required, but it's basically from some civil design or an engineering standpoint, and then uh, construction management of, the, of that activity and reports that are required uh, back to the military. So I definitely think it's something we, we ought to consider. I mean, I, mm -hmm. for several reasons. Commissioners, what do you? Could you put 
with it being on a federal installation, could you put a, um, I'm thinking of cold storage right now, because I mean, you know, we have the ice plant, and I know Fort Stewart's got its own, uh, you know, cold storage and stuff like that. But if you had that on that end of Long County and Tattnall County, you could utilize the property. It would benefit Lone County and Tattnall County because you could have a work pool that's there and then upkeep the property. That's why I was wondering, you know, you, it's not what you would call surplus because I don't believe the federal government has bought anything and added it to Fort Stewart since they bought it in the 40s. I mean, it's still the same land mass, but that particular place, um, I'm just thinking what it would do, Travis, to bring more, um, you know, labor to to our area to, to work, and plus it would help some of these other, you know, other counties. You just mentioned Long County. I mean, with the animal control, but as far as you know, where we're sitting at, I was wondering, you know, we we've just discussed the impact of water, and we all know it comes from the Peacock the Goshen and wherever Taylor's Creek and then it goes right through and then goes to the ocean. Some of it goes the other way. But could we utilize and work with engineering services that we could build pretty good size retention areas on the base that would help some of our area from becoming flooded? Without, without <laughs> speaking out of my lane, like I say, with yeah. wetland credits yeah. and whatnot with our environmental department, who is, which is actually just was awarded the Department of Defense, like I say, they're the number one environmental department in the Army, in DOD, sorry. Um, I think there's always possibilities to enter in those discussions and see should something become available. Uh, we're never standing apart from having those conversations. Uh, I would let the experts obviously defer to those rules and regulations, but... I'm I'm a I'm a like I said I'm a negotiator I would say in some aspect but unfortunately I still get the same check I'm not getting any commission off of that thing so I'm here as a good steward of federal taxpayer dollars as I try and save every, all of one of us a, a, a simple penny. I just remember Commissioner Gibber talking about what they were doing you know with some of their employees at ESG and I just was thinking you know it's, it created jobs. Yes, sir. Um, now it seasonal do whatever you can call it whatever you want to but you know you got to decide what's going to be something that Fort Stewart needs whether it's bootstrings or whatever <laughs> keep from having to bring it I mean there's such an issue now with you know getting something built and then bringing it to the port I mean the man's in flip-flops before he can get his strings to go in his boots so I'm just um you just wonder, you know, is there anything that can be done on, you know, in that area right there? Yeah, sir, there's some, like I say, we've had some conversations with some of the surrounding counties on, on, you know, the feasibility of the land use and whatnot. As you mentioned, like the Army Compatible Use buff, Buffer Program, which we actually just were awarded some more grant money through the Alabama Land Trust, Georgia Alabama Land Trust. And so that was a big win. We just received word on here in the last couple of days um, as we try and continue to protect the corridor uh, going all the way through the Townsend bombing range entering from the port. So we're always trying to look at, hey, the, our number one goal is obviously to make sure that our soldiers are trained and ready to go to the nation's fight. Um, and so whatever that may be, whatever discussions we have, that's the ultimate goal. And we just have to make, keep that always into consideration. But 
in the end, we want to make sure that communities are supported um, to make sure that those enablers are there to provide that. So, well, I mean, you know, when you take 500 acres off the tax books and, you know, and you could maybe put some type of manufacturing um, area there that would uh, create jobs here, you know, twofold, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, we've had, we have some, you know, there's some public-private venture programs out there that are across the Army. I think Redstone Arsenal is probably a good example of it where they have some land that's you know, extracted off of the federal side and then actually the, the public or pri the private entities actually have a, you know, have an easement and then they take and then they use it for developmental purposes. But so there are options out there. It's just there, like I say, with the, with the restrictions in mind and ensuring that the training areas remain intact to do training and we try and make sure that we're not becoming bad neighbors on the other side, you know, the fence. Um, that's always the key thing. So encroachment, and that's why, like I say, that Army Compatible Use Buffer Program, that's a key thing for us. And, and not just the installation, but like I say, back, in, you know, all the way that corridor down the Altima Hall, all the way exiting back to the ocean, like I say, that's, but there's always possibilities. So there's some programs in place, but there's a lot of hurdles to get there to get to the end state, you know, to include those developers that would be willing to put in, you know, put in something as well. So. Mr. Chairman, I had a question, excuse me. Mr. Brown, would that be something that, um, this design he's talking about now, is that something that we would work with Mr. Long's office with? Probably so. Through the probably county, through the county, through. and then it filter down to the engineering? Okay, I appreciate it. Yep. All of our dealings go directly with the county. To the county, okay. Yes, ma'am. Well, we welcome that. Thank you for coming. Yes, <laughs> Well, and, and I guess my question, when would we I mean, we, I, I think we all for it, but um, mm -hmm. when, when do we start talking about it? How do we start? If the board, and I'm going to come back to what Travis said, I think, and you correct me if I go wrong. So if uh, if the board authorizes a statement of work to be produced and to move forward, to be a statement of work set out uh, with a potential contract and specify the, the what ifs and the amounts and some of those things, I think that's the next thing we would do is, is you'd authorize us to develop that draft and bring it back to the board for your consideration and adoption. Okay. I mean, once we become with a negotiated pretty much a hey we agree upon the services we agree right. upon the price then we essentially send that up to a higher headquarters for approval so locally we're not able to approve that so it goes up to a higher based on the dollar threshold and uh, the, the approval process takes anywhere between two and three months to get locked in and 100% ready to go mm -hmm. but the you know the longer part is just that negotiation process to make sure that that everybody's good from the services and, and the, the pricing strategy and whatnot. So, Joe, you, you said it would come to our engineer now, Travis. This part, would it just be Liberty County? I mean, or whoever is signed on the dotted line, they'll look after Liberty Long, Brian, he said Michael, he... Evans, and everything that is inside the Anything inside the, the installation between Fort Stewart and Harm Airfield. So so these agreements allow it. They don't restrict you just to the county of proper. So mm -hmm. in theory, I could go to Washington State and enter into the same agreement. Okay. As long as it's open negotiation, that's the favorable part for us for the installation. Mm -hmm. It's sitting across the table from a partner and, and going through the line items and actually working out the details versus here's a, here's a sealed you know statement of work. And all of a sudden, you get something back, and you're kind of stuck with it, and you got to live with it. So this is, that's the beauty of it. Well, I mean, what you the engineer would definitely have to have some resources to. Oh, he, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. And there will be compensation for those services. So. Yes, sir. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. All right. All right. Let's Mr. move. Chairman, I you think need a motion. 
Do we need a motion sure. to offer? Okay, Mr. Chairman, I would make a motion that we enter with this statement of work. We give um, Mr. Brown the authority to go ahead and proceed Mr. forward. <laughs> proceed forward. In, in prettier words, yeah. All right. In a Thank second? You. Second. Motion and second to proceed within the government support agreement. Yes has been uh, introduced to us and we look forward to it. And thank you for thinking right. of Liberty County. Thank yes, you for sir. bringing Thank you all for having us. We appreciate it. So well, let's, let's do it. All in favor. Thanks, all in favor. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Out thank you, Travis. Good to see you. Congratulations again on your new position. Mm -hmm. All right. Did give you a star or anything? <laughs> 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 I invite this next young lady, you know, I guess you guys can see over to our whatever direction there's work going on. I know there are things going on downtown, sometimes we don't know. And sometimes, the, the I'm sorry to say, the commission gets credit for something we're not even doing sometimes. We're all uh, on the same team. Yeah, so I want to just kind of have an update from you what's going on. I know Commissioner Gillick gets to hear it because he's at the Iowa City Council meetings, but we aren't there, so we don't get to, we aren't privy to that information. So if you just share with us what's going on, so sure. we'll be in the know. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Glad to be with you, um, mm -hmm. just, I guess, for camera land. I'm Michelle Ricketson. I'm the <laughs> executive director of the Hinesville Downtown Development Authority and very thankful for our community partnerships um, with the city and the county because you are a partner with us in, in several things. Um, this is just a list of who is, who's on the board, who do I report to. Um, everybody from John Baker, Alan, Mayor Alan Brown, Roger Jones, um, Shonda Michael, Sabrina Newby, Tom Radcliffe, and Marcus Sack is our current board chairman. Um, we are, the HDDA is a staff of Mighty Three, <laughs> and one of the biggest projects that has just happened in 2021 is a revolving loan fund. Um, it's called <clears throat> Discover Downtown Hinesville, and the thought is that it would be flexible, expedient, access to funds to help close a deal, gap financing, um, whether it is the purchase of land or a building. Um, there will be some emphasis certainly given to permanent jobs, to restaurants and retail in downtown or cultural experiences. Um, we have worked um, helped folks with the, a few buildings uh, we've got some new windows on Commerce Street, paint on MLK, and some signage and windows and other things on Memorial Drive. And the Donovans did a super job with what I call the old washeteria. Everybody else says it's a laundromat. <laughs> call it the washeteria. And um, they are doing some amazing, amazing things with kids and helping them with occupational therapy and speech therapy. Um, we also work with city and county partners and one of your Keep Liberty Beautiful staff is there with the kids. We planted an orchard at Bryant Commons this year for Arbor Day. And so we had um, a couple lemons. Um, we didn't have any of our oranges get to size or the, the lime, but. <coughs> uh, then the other project, other project that we've been working on and this might not be the right slide presentation, um, is Gap Park. And that's that space between the labor building that you own, um, where the theater fell, and Merritt and Grinstead. 
It's been the home of our farmer's market for this year because of the construction at Bradwell Park. And um, we have been able to save um, some of the plant material from Bradwell Park, some of the pavers we went around and scavenged and took them out to Bryant Commons. So um, gardenias and daylilies now um, surround the playground. So kids are going to see those and hopefully butterflies and birds. <coughs> Uh, we are a, an accredited Main Street program, and um, it is our sixth year of earning that designation. And what that really means is two things. One, we keep it means we keep statistics. As a Main Street program, we are required to report how many businesses opened, how many closed, how many new jobs, how many jobs gained, jobs lost, et cetera. Um, and so we're keeping data, we're keeping watch on, on that. Um, <clears throat> also what it means is that when folks are open, wanting to open a business or wanting to get a loan from say the Georgia Cities Foundation or a state agency with DCA, <clears throat> excuse me, um, they are applying for low interest money through the state or through the Georgia Cities Foundation, but they get 1% lower on a low interest loan because we're an accredited Main Street community. So that helps those businesses that are trying to start out, even if you got a low interest loan, 1% lower mm -hmm. is can really be a help. So I talked to you about numbers just a second ago. Um, this is the stats for 2020 and the first eight months of 2021. Um, in downtown, and that is the triangle. So General Stewart, General Scriven, 84 up to the, the post. So in 2020, um, even though it was a, a dismal year for a lot of folks, um, in downtown we were a net plus five businesses and plus 52 jobs. Um, the in investment both um, in commercial purchases and rehabs and all of that was 5.2 million. <laughs> And so far this year, um, in the first eight months, we've had plus, we're plus 28 businesses, plus 114 jobs, and um, the investment thus far is 6.5 million. And I will say between the 2020 and 2021, um, a big chunk of that is the apartment complex on Memorial Drive that went in. Um, so just let you know. Uh, Event-wise, you know, 2020, we um, had a lower number of events in downtown um, with several cancellations. We did not, we have not been tracking cancellations in 2021, but um, we did try to track them a little bit in 2022 because the pandemic was so new. I guess we, were, <laughs> we weren't shell-shocked anymore, so we just rolled with it. So. Um, historic preservation is another function of the HDDA, and I know that's near and dear to the chairman's heart. Um, so I am proud to report that the Historic Preservation Committee for the city has been active um, for the past year plus, and we work with the County Commission's Cultural and Historic Resources Committee. Um, we tell each other what's going on. If they need volunteers, the HPC tries to help. When the HPC is working on something, we call on the Cultural and Historic Resources Committee to say, come, come play with us. Come, let's, let's educate folks about history. Uh, 
Of course, this shot from May is us cutting the ribbon on the jail fence, something that was talked about for 20 years, and we <laughs> finally got it back up. So thank you, thank you, thank you um, for your help and the help from SPLOST to finish that project. Um, we also have a new arrangement. Um, you may see open signs at the jail at different times and different days of the week, but um, or have noticed that. So we've made um, a an arrangement with the local artist guild, the Liberty Melting Pot of Art, and they learned the history of the jail and they serve as docents, um, usually Wednesday through Saturday from 10 to two. So the jail is open for tours then. And um, in exchange for place to hang their art and 10% of any art sold that, but in the jail, comes back and that helps pay the extra utilities for just having extra lights and air conditioning. And more folks are, we're seeing higher visitation numbers at the jail. So we're glad about that. Um, we also wanted to do, we did in the spring, a walking tour of our historic markers and we've identified um, the century old properties. Anybody want to take a guess? How many historic markers we have in downtown? It takes more than two hands. Mm. We have a dozen historic markers. Anybody want to guess how many hundred-year-old structures we have in downtown? It'll surprise you. Twenty-four. Wow. So, um, no, we don't have this, the, the same historic <clears throat> stock of Savannah or Milledgeville or Thomasville, but uh, we do have some quality and some neat structures. And so we will be working on a tour. We wanted to do it um, in November and there just was so much going on that we've pushed it back to February to be in line with the um, Georgia, the Super Museum Sunday. And so we'll do another walking tour in the, sp in the spring or late winter of those, um, of those sites. And we were, are gonna surround the historic courthouse and we're going to also teach folks a little bit about architecture so that they can appreciate when they're buying a structure downtown what era it might be. I mean, it may be just the American small house. It might be a 1970s ranch. And I guess we can find something positive about that. Um, it may be, um, you know, a 50s bungalow that's really cool, but just helping people d identify. And then um, the sixth point we're super excited about a partnership with our local school district that is now offering a film class. And so we are working with the film students at, in, um, out on Airport Road for mini marker uh, movies. Academy. And so what they're doing is they are helping us tell stories. Um, we've got such rich history in Liberty County. And so um, they are going to help us do snippets that are 60 to 90 second long about each of our historic markers. And they're also gonna help us do two to three minute clips on each of those historic markers. They're starting with the 12 markers in downtown. But Randy Branch and I did this. Um, we virtually met with a first grade class and he was at one marker and I was at another. And so while he talked, I got in position. And as soon as he finished, I was with my phone and I showed him Charlton Hines house and whatnot. Well, I'm talking about that. He came from one side of the courthouse to the other, and then he was ready to talk about the cannon. 
And while he talked about the canon, I went to the Methodist church. <laughs> so we, um, we buzzed around and thought, hmm, okay, there's, there's a neat thing that can happen here and talked to the school district and they are 100% on board. So by May, we should have snippets of each of the markers in downtown that can come together and be a lesson plan for teachers that they can call up on a YouTube channel or something and have local history that and they're telling Liberty County stories in the classroom. And um, it'll be produced by our local students. So the upperclassmen <clears throat> are relearning that history that maybe once they knew and forgot. And the young students are coming up learning that um, at an earlier age. So. The, the short snippets will really be something that can hold the attention of an elementary student. The two to three minute clip per site will be um, aimed at middle school and high school. So um, those are, we are super excited about that. Bryant Commons, another love um, that we have in common. Um, of course, like the, the county parks, Bryant Commons was closed for a while, the playground, the dog park, all of that. Um, but we're, we're fully open again. Um, we did, thanks to SPLOS, we added, uh, well, actually that wasn't SPLOS. We added 30 tons of pea gravel to the dog park for easier maintenance and sanitation. Um, we wanted folks to be able to spray down the puppies if they got mud, muddy and that kind of thing. So we're still working on the last, getting the last gravel in there. And then um, SPLOST did help us with um, almost $10,000 of some crush and run um, that we used for road repairs and some erosion issues that we were having at the park. And um, I've got $300 left to spend of my 10,000. <laughs> I can turn my paperwork in. Um, and, but we just tried real hard not to get the load over too much. So um, for dollars, so I've got $300 left to spend, but we've got be much better roads because of that. Um, and can always use more assistance. Um, tee pads and signage, we've got the first nine holes of disc golf there. Uh, we have plans for how another nine holes will fit between um, the spillway and the first big bridge. Then uh, beyond the bridge, as you're coming back toward the amphitheater, we hope to get 18 holes there as well. So um, we hope that we will have two full 18 hole disc golf courses on site and be able to offer tournament play and that in conjunction with the, the baskets that are at James Brown Park, um, we can really begin hopefully to, to invite larger groups of folks to come and play disc golf locally. Um, we also, of course, um, <coughs> I already talked about we were able to reuse the plants um, from downtown to the playground and we're working on a big maintenance plan for the 156 acre park. Um, that's just a, a quick note about um, in spite of COVID, uh, we were able to do some things like farmer's markets with signs and extra hand sanitizer on the tables. Um, pumpkin patch became pumpkin roll, scarecrow stroll became scarecrow small st big roll um, and this year we combine those fall events into one just because our numbers weren't real great when it was time for planning. Um, then some Easter things, some sipping shops, um, homegrown handmade holiday markets, and we're already back to those again. We've got the first one of the three this weekend and we'll be in the, 
Gap Park and the big parking lot uh, behind the Courier and, and New and Not um, with 27, no, 20, 29 yard sale vendors and uh, about 20 artisan vendors on Saturday. Um, we did convert our Small World Festival into a scavenger hunt because we couldn't have a festival last spring, so we're hoping that will be good for next spring. Um, and we've also done downtown supplies teachers trying to make sure that all the classrooms um, where there's a need for school supplies that folks have access to that. And um, we've done backpacks for our homeless students in a partnership with Target and J.C. Lewis Ford. We've done some Army birthday parties. Um, we're getting back to shop small um, again. And um, our peanut butter and jelly drives and um, and we've just had such great support for peanut butter and jelly for the Manor House. And um, we have collected, uh, this past year we collected 3,400. Um, and that was the second <coughs> in the seven years that we've done it. And um, so, and the, the collections, we added up the total number of jars <coughs> and it equaled about $42,000 in peanut butter and jelly in seven years. And 250,000 sandwiches could be made. Um, with that amount of peanut butter jelly. So, uh, so there you go. That's what's happening at the DDA. Mm -hmm. Any questions? Before you leave, just give us the timeline for Bradwell Park. So um, our hope is that they will be finished um, by the end of the year or the first of January. They were a little bit behind, but they've been they've had some hustle in their step lately. So um, we're all hopeful, Chairman. I understand. <laughs> Michelle, I have a question, Mr. Chairman. Um, yes, sir. The, the city, uh, you know, they mentioned it at the council meeting today about Hineshaw. So, um, and I'll, I'll talk with you okay. about, about that, you know, because I, I mean, it's in the downtown corridor. And um, absolutely. You know, I, I know with um, our group and you hopefully the city and HDDA that we could work together on a lot of things too. Get something going on over there, so I'll. That would be wonderful. Yeah, after the holidays, I'll, I'll get in touch <coughs> as I find out more from when Kenny comes. Back, you know what, how we gonna work it? Okay. Okay. Yeah, the HPC is, and um, we've talked a lot about Hindshaw and the mm -hmm. desire to support it, et cetera, and have included, even though there isn't currently a marker at Hindshaw with it being 90 years old versus 100, um, we've still included. Uh, all the information with Hindshaw and just included Hindshaw as if it was, if it already had a marker, because we want to be sure that people are talking about it right. and know about it and mm -hmm. um, and are ready to step in and make it better. Okay. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for coming. All right. Good to see you. All right. Liberty County Development Committee, Commissioner Frazier, want to kind of just give us a little, a little brief, a little briefing. Yes, sir. All right. uh, I appreciate it, Mr. Chair, uh, fellow commissioners. Just a, a little brief update on, on what we discussed at the beginning of, of the year about the Liberty County uh, Development Authority, the Economic Development Authority, and, and the opportunities that we have outside of, of the uh, municipality of Hinesville and try to uh, create more economic opportunities. Uh, what we're going to do now is start moving forward uh, with a lot of the key holders of of the, these particular areas, uh, for example, the, the other municipalities, the sea, 
uh, if they have anyone that, that they feel to come and discuss the formation of, of the authority. So, so we're going to reach out to all the other municipalities and also look at some, uh, some business owners in the community to try to help uh, <coughs> with the formation of, of the authority and just move forward with that. So. Okay. All right. We even ask you guys for um, people from your district you might Absolutely. want to recommend to, to serve. Right. So, so if anyone has uh, anyone that you think would uh, be a, a great candidate to to be on the committee, hopefully, you know, you all will reach out to, to me or Mr. Brown or, or the chairman so we, we could go ahead and start moving forward. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks. Resolution OPR settlement. Well, Mr. Davis, come on the line here. He is uh, having to attend absentee tonight uh, under the weather. So uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> he will, I hear you. He's, he's going to address that. And this is part of the ongoing uh, opioid settlement that y'all participated in along with a lot of other Georgia counties. Uh, this is another step in that process as they come to some kind of reconciliation, hopefully, over the settlement of those cases. Evening, everybody. Excuse my coughing. I uh, cough. But uh, as Joey mentioned, I think everyone knows for probably the last two years, the county and other state and local governments across the country have been involved in national uh, multi-district litigation involving uh, opioid manufacturers and distributors. And uh, the state of Georgia and Council for Local Governments has been working together, uh, as, as has other states. And a, uh, a class action has been proposed. And um, before you tonight are the documents which would approve our participation in the settlements, both as to the distributors of opioids and manufacturers. And similar resolutions are being distributed throughout the state of Georgia and throughout the various states in the country. And if we have enough participation uh, by local governments and state governments, then the settlement can be approved. If there isn't enough uh, approval or participation, then the litigation will continue. And so this is a settlement that's been worked on, as I mentioned, for a couple of years. And our counsel, as well as the attorney general and the uh, plaintiff's uh, steering committee, basically a committee of lawyers who, who head the litigation for all the, the parties throughout the country, everyone has recommended uh, approval of the proposed settlement and our participation as well as the Georgia's participation. And I think you folks have been given copies of various documents, but principally the resolution before you approves participation in, in the two settlements, which is involving the distributors as well as the manufacturers. There are two settlements, one for each of those groups of, of defendants. It also authorizes uh, the execution of an MOU between the state and all the local government entities. And that discusses how the monies which will be given to the state will be allocated to all the local governments um, in the state and for what purposes those monies can be used for. And just in a nutshell, 75% of all funds that come to the state of Georgia will be given to the state for distribution and allocation, and 25% of the monies coming to the state will be distributed to local governments. And I know everybody's probably going to ask, well, how much is that? How much is Liberty County getting? What is our allocation? Uh, unfortunately, we don't know yet. You know, there's uh, they have a, a panel of experts who's working on an allocation formula, 
and they evaluate a variety of factors, you know, the incidence of opioid abuse and reported opioid cases, population size. There are a variety of factors that go into this formula, and so that has not yet been completed, and so no one can say for certain what precise amount the state of Georgia or each local government will, will receive. Um, but notwithstanding, you know, the total settlement value as to these distributors and manufacturers is about $26 billion. But that's for everyone throughout the, you know, the, the country, both state and local entities. Um, and, you know, Georgia's, thankfully, our opioid crisis is not as severe as some. It's worse than others. But, you know, there will be a sizable settlement payment made to the state of Georgia. And of its money, the 70, 75% that will be given to the state, uh, much of that will be reallocated to local governments to use on a regional basis. You know, there'll be, uh, the state of Georgia will have programs and monies will be dedicated to each region. Of course, participating governments, local governments in those regions can benefit from those allocations. Um, and, you know, what those programs consist of is yet unknown. They'll be developed over time. But typically, most of the funds have to be used, you know, to, to treat uh, opioid uh, abuse and to uh, combat its, uh, its consequences. You know, it has to be some opioid-related purpose that most of the money is used for. Um, and again, there, it, there's, there are more documents anyone would care to look at if you, if you had the time. But in a nutshell, our attorneys, the plaintiff steering committee attorneys, all the attorneys involved representing the state of Georgia have all recommended that the local governments uh, approve and participate in the two settlements as well as the MOU of the state so that uh, the settlement funds can be quickly and efficiently distributed to the local governments. And I'll be happy to answer any questions if, you, if you'd like. Oh, one other important thing. I think if you folks remembered, we signed a retainer agreement with our council, Blessing Game, Birch, um, Gerard, and Ashley from in Athens, Georgia, a couple of years ago. And we had very severe limitations on, you know, their attorney's fees. It, it would be, under the current settlement, they would get probably very little you know, attorney's fees. But that's no longer an issue because as part of the settlement, uh, their firm, most like other firms, are going to forfeit uh, recovery under their retainer agreement for attorney's fees, and they'll be paid from a separate fund, which the defendants are financing to compensate you know, those other attorneys in, involved in the litigation. So we'll, we'll get our money and we'll have to pay any attorney's fees. So that's a benefit. But I'll, I'll be happy to answer the questions anyone might have. Um, and I should say this is on a, a we're on a tight schedule. They didn't give us a whole lot of time to respond, but enough. Um, each local government in the state, I think, has to respond by December 8th if you want to participate. And, you know, if, if for whatever reason you consider not participating, you know, the, the, the state and the others have put us in a difficult situation. I'm not recommending you do that, of course, but, you know, for any local government who doesn't want to participate, you're, you're really in a difficult spot because you'd have to you'd have to continue in earnest with litigation and, you know, just the discovery involved in litigation would, would require tons and tons of time, um, you know, the part of the county staff and my office and, um, you know, it would, it would be intense litigation for an unknown period of time. Um, and so the good thing about this is it provides a quick and efficient settlement and allows for disbursement of the monies as soon as they can be made available. But that's, that's it in a nutshell, and I'll be happy to answer any questions if anyone has any. Any questions for Mr. Davis on the uh, 
resolution that, that basically just um, says we are part of the uh, class action. Yes, sir. But that it, 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 it basically agrees to join in the class action settlement. Mm -hmm. Okay. But yes, the two settlements, one with the distributors and one with the manufacturers. And, of course, I guess I should mention, you know, not all the, the named defendants are participating in this in this settlement. There are a few others, perhaps, that, that might have some future potential liability. But, you know, whether or not we would ever see any recovery from those defendants is unknown. Um, but, you know, this is – we have this settlement with these – with most of the distributors and, and manufacturers, I think, and – um, again, this is what everyone who has a lot more experience in it than I do, including, including the Attorney General, is recommending that local governments uh, okay. approve. Right. So, again, approving participation in each of the settlements, one with the distributors, one with the manufacturers, and then approving execution of the MOU with the state of Georgia and the other local government entities in Georgia that provide for allocation and disbursement of the state's funds that they'll make on a regional basis. Kelly, how, how would this work with our, as far as the hospital? Uh, you know, I looked, I, I saw it, that the hospital authorities, <coughs> excuse me, was formally participating in litigation. Uh, they were they were a party. But on the latest list provided by our attorneys, um, I didn't see their names. So, um, but as a, as a general rule, if you have a sheriff or a hospital, in your county that's formally participating in the litigation, they would be entitled to, you know, a certain percentage. You know, I think hospitals, it's like 2%, and sheriffs, it might be 8 or 9%. I'm not sure certain the exact percentages. But, you know, as I mentioned, most of the monies have to be used for opioid prevention mm -hmm. or at least addressing the consequences of opioid abuse. So I imagine any of our expenditures at a local level would probably involve law enforcement and the hospital in any event. Because those are probably, other than the Board of Commissioners and maybe the Board of Education, but those two entities, I think, are, are probably you know the most impacted by opioid abuse in our, in our, at the local level, the hospitals and law enforcement. But that would be a decision that you as the Board of Commissioners would make, you know, subject to the, the spending guidelines that are they're issued by the state uh, telling you what you can and can't spend the money for. But last, this could be wrong. But last that I last I looked on the list of formal litigants, uh, hospital authority wasn't listed. But that could be an oversight. Yeah, you need to go to the doctor tomorrow. Look here. <laughs>
than some law enforcement and hospitals. So, you know, the, the rules regarding um, who might benefit from the local funds and, you know, how they're spent and what they're spent on really haven't been developed yet. But as once all this is put to bed, that's what the state will work with local governments to, you know, to, to decide. Your recommendation that, that we sign on, sir, am I right? Yes, sir. Not only my recommendation, the resolution. recommendation of our right. you know, outside counsel and the attorney general and, and all the other principal lawyers involved in the litigation on behalf of the state of Georgia and the local governments. Okay. So right. everyone, and I think even the, the judge in the multi-district litigation has, you know, is encouraging uh, this, this settlement. Okay. And as a practical matter, you know, the state of Georgia is going to pass legislation in the near future that will bar recovery, bar lawsuits against, you know, these, these released parties. <laughs> so, you know, any local government who doesn't participate now is going to be put in a very difficult position in the future. Okay. They would like to, you know, recover against any of these released parties, to, you know, the di distributors and manufacturers are named in the settlement. Okay. We will entertain a motion. Uh, motion. There's not a whole lot of upside to not participating, and there's a lot of uh, good news yeah. in participating. Yeah. So, you know, based on that, I would strongly recommend okay. that you right. folks, uh, like most other, like the state of Georgia and other local governments, approve the, uh, the resolution that's presented to you. Okay, we receive right. it. Well, with the fact that we've got a DUI court, a drug court, mm. a juvenile court, and it's obvious that we've got the issue. I, I'm going to make a motion that we uh, sign on the line at the uh, <coughs> participate. The attorney. Okay, thank you, sir. Participate in the, in the opiate um, settlement. Yes, sir. That was the that was your, your motion. Yes, yeah, that was his motion. Mm -hmm. a second. Second. Motion a second that we approve the resolutions presented by our council. Any further discussion? All in favor, will that be known by raising your right hand, please? Yes, sir. 
Those opposed? All right. All right. It's approved, sir. We'll. All right. Thank you, folks. Thank you, sir. Thanks, have, okay. a good, have a good Thanksgiving, everyone. You too. Right. Thank, Thank you, sir. Thank you. Alcoholic beverage license. Yes, sir. This is a change of ownership only uh, for a new owner at 7175 East Oglethorpe. Uh, that's the Bill Carter Corner Store. Uh, so just to let you know, uh, the sheriff recommends approval based on checks that they have to run pursuant to state law, and so does the planning commission. Okay. All right, Chair, take a motion. Yeah, I'll make that motion that we approve it. Second. Second. Any further discussion? Is, is, is that normal? It happens. In, in, in this business? It happens a lot. They just okay. changed ownership, yes, sir. It right. seems to be quite. Yeah. All in favor? Aye. Uh, All right. Thank you, sir. Item E, Commissioner Frazier, we added item E, committee appointments. So we're there now, sir. Committee appointments. Committee ready to present? Yes, sir. We're item, ready. That's item F. What? I'm sorry. That's item e? F. Yeah. You, you yeah. amended it for um, F. item F. I'm sorry. Yes, sir. Yes, Mr. Chairman. The committee right. met today, yes, and we had two apps for the development authority, and the committee recommends to uh, for Melissa Carter Ray to remain on the development authority. Okay. Chair, entertain a motion. So move. Second. 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 Any further discussion? All in favor, raise your right hand, please. Ms. Melissa Carter Ray, who's done a fine job, is yes, reappointed. And we had one um, vacancy or one for the defects board to continue on with the um, position that was held by Ms. Frazier, who resigned. And the committee recommends Ms. Patricia Stevens. That would be my motion, sir. Is there a second to that motion? No move, Mr. Chair. A second, motion second. We have Ms. Patricia Stevens to complete the uh, term for Ms. D. Frazier on the defects board. Any further discussion on that recommendation nomination? Uh, all in favor, raise your right hand, please. Uh, Ms. Patricia Stevens will be appointed to the defects board. And Mr. Chairman, we had appointments for the hospital authority board, and I believe it was, uh, we send in over two names or two positions. The first one would be Steve Welburn and Charlotte Webb. Do we want to do individually? I think we did individually. Yes, ma'am. Okay, that would be my motion. All right, is there a second to that motion? Second. Yeah, second. We send over the Steve Webb, Steve, excuse me, Wellborn and Charlotte Webb. Yes, sir. As the first set of names in, to the hospital authority, and they will select from that pool. And, uh, and, and for it, clarification, don't we have to do it three different times? We have three different. We, we, right. If, yes, sir. Yes, yeah. if, you, if you have three names, you submit three names. If you don't have three names, you can't submit three names. We're still so good. Be yes, right. Actually, we can flop them. All in favor. Yeah, we'll flop them around. Yeah, flop them. Yeah. All right. We submit those two names for that position to yes, the hospital sir. authority. And the next one was uh, James Rogers, who would, and Steve, excuse me, Steve Wilburn would like to remain on there. That was our first mm -hmm. one. But mm -hmm. Mr. James Rogers would like to remain on the authority. And we also put Charlotte, Miss Charlotte Webb's name on there if that's the way we need to send it over. Okay. Is that, that would be that's to make motion. the requirements. All right. So then we're submitting. Uh, Mr. Steve Wellborn, no, James uh, Rogers, excuse me, and, and Charlotte, Charlotte Webb, Webb for that second position. All right. Is that your motion, ma'am? That's my motion. Mm -hmm. right. Is that a second to that motion? Second. All right. Just for a little bit of clarification, Mr. Brown, there's been some discussion 
uh, about uh, Mr. Rogers' terms. Uh, well, we would just allow the hospital authority to, to um, vet that. But those two names is what we're sending over to yes, them. There's a term I, limit, Mr. Chairman? Yeah, three. Three consecutive terms. Three consecutive term limits there. And actually, he did not do three consecutive full terms. He came mm -hmm. in actually in a, to, to pick up a final term of okay. Mr. Clay Sykes. All right. Three consecutive terms as chairman or three just consecutive terms? Just on the board. Just on, on the board. board. And then you have to be off. <laughs> and, and how long are terms are, are these? Oh, boy. Four, four years. Four, four year terms? Four years. I'm almost positive. So you can only do three, three four-year terms. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and our records indicate he did not do three consecutive terms, right? That's correct. Okay. All right. So we didn't clear on our side. All right. All right. And for discussion, I want to make sure everybody's clear. We've been all, right. all in favor of those two things. All right. All right. And the next one on the person on the hospital authority was, uh, excuse me, Dr. Henry Taylor would like to remain on the authority, and he is taking the position of an active doctor. Yes, we have to have one. <clears throat> Okay. All right. That'll be my motion. All right. There's a motion on the floor that we resubmit the resubmit the name of Dr. Henry Taylor to serve as a physician, physician, excuse me, on the hospital authority as prescribed in their bylaws. Right. Is there a second to that motion? From second. Motion is second. We have Dr. Henry Taylor's name. Any further discussion? All in favor will raise their right hands, please. Any opposes? All right. Dr. Taylor, name is submitted. Okay. And the next position will be for public uh, health. For the Public Health Board, Ms. Donna Cochran is currently on the board and she wished to remain. And that would be my recommendation. And she serves the county's needy, underprivileged, and elderly community. Okay, we'll take a recommendation, but we'll also take a motion. Like that motion. All right, motion second. We have Ms. Donna Cochran to the name of the board again, please, ma'am. Public Health. The Public Health Board. Yeah. Any further discussion on that? All in favor of that motion, please raise your right hand. Ms. Cochran's reappointed. Yes, sir. And that would be all, Mr. That Chairman. Complete sir. Did they do all right? Huh? Did they do okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I thought it. You shocked? I thought we were doing it. <laughs> it went so smooth. Man, you need to pay attention to what's going on. Good job, good job committee. On, good job, committee. Man. Thank you, sir. Um, before Mr. Brown makes his announcements, I did receive, uh, you may, you're going to mention the, uh, the tax bill, sir? Is that part of your? I can, but okay. I'll let you you well, I mean, I didn't have it on my list, but yeah. you can. I just, only because I got the email. You know, we asked um, Mr. McLaughlin just the other day about, you know, uh, perhaps when the tax bills will go out. So let me just say they hope to get them out. We will have a bill date November 25th, due date January 25th. So I'm trying to read his letter real quickly here. So. The tax files will go to our vendor in the morning, and they should be able to place them in the mail before Thanksgiving. Before Thanksgiving, so they should be coming out very soon. So we, that's been the quickest we've ever had them out, as I can remember. It will be the earliest. Yeah, the earliest. Yeah, so it'll be. Good work. Good job. Good job to all those persons who. Yeah. Uh, just a couple quick things in your packet. Uh, you'll see a draft food truck vendor mm -hmm. ordinance you had mm -hmm. asked for a copy of that mm -hmm. which the cities are considering so yes, i want to just put that in there's a matter of information for you and then bring those folks uh probably from lcpc over to explain 
you know, kind of you know, kind of walk through that along with an update on what the other cities are doing. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll tell you that as a staff, uh, we've made contact now that y'all have approved the draft of your ARPA uh, plan. We, I've made contact. We actually had a conversation with uh, Ms. Jennifer Darcy of United Way the other day. Uh, we're finalizing the requirements to recommend to you uh, for businesses, small businesses to apply. We hope to have that to you the first part of December so that they can start making application in January uh, for some of those funds. So we'll put some draft stuff together, draft only, and have that ready for you in, in December to look at some of those requirements. Okay, thank you, sir. So we're we the lead person? Sir? What name did you call us now? Actually, United Way. United Remember, Way. They're, they're the ones actually administering some of Chatham's and Savannah's funds, and they already have an application process set up that's online. And mm -hmm. Pretty good pretty good vetting process. Yeah, I know City so. and county seem very happy with it. Yeah, our, our nonprofits are waiting, so we want Yes, sir. Yes, sir, absolutely. Yes, sir. Uh, final thing is we were contacted, in fact, the uh, day before yesterday uh, by the Atlantic Judicial Circuit Court Administrator that they are going to make application by the 30th of this month uh, for some ARPA funds to the state of Georgia uh, for the backlog of superior court cases. The Supreme Court justices have notified them that they will take all measures necessary to reduce that backlog, which is going to mean uh, uh, extra judges that will come on the bench. It will mean uh, extra clerical people that will come on uh, to do that. So uh, the court administrator recognizes that and has asked us to consider being the judiciary of those funds. Uh, which we do anyway for superior court, uh, for the district court, district attorney's office and stuff, will include more prosecutors and more public defenders. So uh, getting our arms wrapped around that pretty quickly because that submittal's got to be made on the 30th. Uh, but Ms. McLaughlin and Mr. Mosley and I sat in on, on that uh, and just wanted you to be aware. Uh, that'll come to you. We'll, we'll let you take a look at that. We'll have to go ahead and make the application for the funds, or they actually will, and then we'll get our arms around the administrative support for that. Would that involve night court, Joy? <laughs> don't, don't know. Don't, don't know. But it might be. I could do it. That was a good show. Mm -hmm. Don't know that it might be. <laughs> yeah. How does, that, how does that work as far as when you increase your population? Joy, do you know? As, as far as which, which piece? Yeah, more, more staff. I mean, we went through the census and our population has increased, but. I mean, we just still have one state court judge. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, of course, that's done independently on, on the state side. Uh, I, I think it's really more proportionate not only to the census but also to the number of criminal cases that are, that are being prosecuted in the circuits. And the circuits then go out to the uh, Office of the Courts in, um, in Atlanta uh, to try to make their case, and the judges do too, for either more judges or additional uh, district attorneys and staff people to handle those cases? Good, good question, though. It's a lot going there. Uh, last thing is we had a great day with the All program today. Mm -hmm. um, we, we spent time. I know, Mr. Chairman, you came out. I came left, later. Uh, before that. Uh, but good we actually, actually had their uh, group out at the Midcoast Airport today, took them through some governmental structure, and then took them out on the tarmac, and they got <laughs> to see planes and a lot of our other functions, uh, EMS, fire, and animal control. So I think it was a very popular with them, seemed to be. Uh, they were very engaged with a lot of questions and a lot of bright, a lot of bright students. A lot of bright students. Um, you may want to give them a quick pop on the, on the local group, on on the youth, that were finally able to meet, in person. Oh, yes, we yesterday we to have our first meeting with the uh, Liberty County Youth Commissioners. Uh, about eight of them attended. They were very excited to be able to meet in person, and I would share on the y'all presentation that. Uh, 
chairman got started and, and, and they just bombarded him with questions. They want it all. Um, I have a question for Joy. Okay. Mr. Chairman, question. Yes, sir. Joey, um, what's the timeline? Um, we, you know, I met with um, Mr. McDonald yesterday. What, what's the timeline? I, I know next year is an election, um, and I guess, what, the spring, they would have to qualify. So, I mean, we, we would have to kind of have something done because things are going to change. You, you, you need to have your process completed and everything advertised in the school board and commission approve those district lines in in December before December's out so they can be submitted to the legislature in January December the first week of December just sometime in December uh, sometime uh, in December yeah, it's earlier earlier the better. better I would tell you I know there were some meetings that that were trying to be set up I do have some some things for y'all if, if you haven't been able to meet with him yet we do need to wrap those up in the next couple of weeks to get that process started I, I know the the slickest can of oil, not quickest state, is is Commissioner Stevens. I would pave a road. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know how he does it, man. I, I don't know how he does. Just it. lay back and watch the old man. Watch it work, yeah. Watch your magic. And, and, and you know the the thing about that, and I know we we on on TV here. He he was a, a little upset about the distribution of the splash money, but it doesn't matter. You know, because even when you, cause when you spend it, it's in his district. I mean, he he, he gets me every time. <laughs> every time. You got to come ahead somehow. I know, man. I, hey, you, you always come ahead. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, I put at your. He got six rows. Yeah, all right. Y'all keep in tally. I put at your places an invitation from the city of Flemington, November 29th, their Christmas um, celebration. Now, I will tell you this the, the small cities do appreciate it when we show up at their events. So if you can write in, working on your schedules, please do when you can. I know Walthaville will have one. I'm not sure when the city of Hinesville will have their Christmas tree. Uh-oh, the park is, <laughs> park is in disarray. I'm not sure how that, I guess we'll hear about it. Michelle said so she's pleading the fifth on this please. All right. That's, that's, the point. that's on a Monday, right? It's on a Monday, yes, sir. It's on a Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm still working on ensuring that that doesn't happen again. But I, I was told that the planning was um, down to the wire. Down to the wire. So, but if you want us to show up, you have to invite us. You can't just have an event. And as, I think Commissioner Stevens, he was able to go. Uh, yeah. Appreciate you. Can anyone help? I think we had an invite to the uh, new industrial authority building down there. Mr. Brown, did you see that invite? Yeah. No, sir. Yeah, I got that invite. When is it? Because actually, I stopped by, and that's how we got, you know, mm, yes, invited. You know, because I didn't even know that they were already open for business. Where's this? Man? One of the, it, the hooker furniture place. Hooker furniture. Yeah. Okay. That's, I, I that's the side it, of the road. I will send it to you. 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 Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. But one other thing, all members of the board, I am still anticipating on having a community meeting on December 6th at the complex. 
What's that on uh, Mary? Monday or Tuesday? Monday. Monday. Monday before our meeting. Okay. Yeah. Center, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Send the email now. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. All right. Uh, we be blessed with your families. Yes, sir, you yes, that all for the good of the order? Yes, sir. Chair, a motion to adjourn. Yes, the second? Second. All in favor? Uh, be blessed.